Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay. Come through, queen. I want to see you come through, queen. Hi everyone, it's Brendan, and this is Come Through Queen. So Dan has abandoned me once again. Um, he's in Gay Paris right now at the Moulin Rouge, actually. Um, but I'm really excited to introduce our guests. You know her from her podcast, Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Um, welcome to the stage, Jess, Jess Rothschild. Hi, I love this podcast. I'm like a legit patron. But also, Brandon, I'm like a legit Patreon member. Like, I'm all about the pre-show. I love the pre-show. Oh, I I, I love that you just did it with me, and we went pretty long. So, <laughs> I told a pretty sick story. Yeah, like like I, about my own mental illness. Not yeah. sick as in good. Sick as in disturbing. It, yeah, it was <laughs> it was quite a surprise that you pulled that out. But I'm glad you did. Um, I'm obsessed with your podcast. Um, that is so I love. Every time you have it, like, because, okay, your podcast, the format is sometimes you'll deep dive with, like, some of your buddies about various shows that you're interested in, that type of thing. But then sometimes you have these, like, really great interviews um, with all types of people, reality stars, like, actors, um, comedians, that type of thing. And I just love the way that you question them. And I just love how, like, your sensibility comes out so well. Like you have a specific, a really specific and interesting like point of view and like pop culture references that you like weave into all these conversations. Like, for example, like from this, I know that you're like a really big real world fan. You're a huge Rosie O'Donnell fan. Like the L word comes up constantly. Oh my God. <laughs> Ma- Madonna comes up constantly. <laughs> As Joel Kim Booster once said, in talking about podcasting, he once said it on some show, maybe it was on Last Culture Jesus or maybe on something else, that like there are certain strands that you mm-hmm. should always 
you find your own strands like as a podcaster and these are just the things that i have like i'm obsessed with and Mm -hmm. so i we i mean it's just like what i'm super into i couldn't make it about something else no it's wonderful because it's like it for me some of my interests overlap in a big way like rosie o'donnell was a big part of my childhood for example and like other things i'm like oh that's interesting like i've never really watched that or listened to that but like you have such a passionate perspective about that. What if I was talking about Madonna? I've never really watched that or listened to that. It's not, <laughs> it's not about Madonna. Um, but I just wanted to like go through a couple, probably like a list of like some of the interviews I've listened to recently and semi-recently. This is, this is so sweet, by the way. Like, I don't, this is so, like, I'm such a fan of you guys. And like, I was so excited when you reached out to even like do this show. Like I legit love you guys. And like, just like, I just want to say off the top, like, thank you. I think it's so sweet when somebody like you, like says that they like what I'm doing. Cause of course you know, not everybody says that you're doing great. So no, it's like, I really genuinely like love the interviews you do. First one I wanted to mention, because mm. I feel like she's somebody who we haven't heard from in a long time yet. You did mm. this really big long term, like long format interview with her probably it was probably like a year ago i would say genesis from real world boston my queen this is how i realized i was gay oh my god no not how i realized i was gay this is what made me think it was okay to come out oh that's that's beautiful i mean like truly representation matters i didn't know where you were i had no (laughs) idea who you were about to pull and that actually was Danny Roberts himself. Oh yeah, closed the deal on that one because I had told him like Genesis is like my white knight or like yeah. she is like the one. Like if I could interview anybody, and she, I had reached out and she was like, I would love to. She's like, I just hate the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, I, I she goes, I won't do podcasts that like people I've known for twenty years in the industry. She's like, I just don't do them. And then one day, like a year later, I think Danny worked on her for a while. And then out of the blue, she DM'd me and said, mm-hmm. okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. And I like was like, whoa. Also, like, relatable hating the sound of your own voice. I'm dreading having to edit this later because I hate <laughs> the sound of my own voice. Um, I had... As a kid, I was really into Roller Coaster Tycoon around the time that Real World Boston was on. And I remember... Me and my best friend at the time, we were both into coasters. We're both gay now. Um, and Shocking. We, yeah. We, did, <laughs> we like made a roller coaster and it was like purple and we named it Genesis after – because purple's gay. <laughs> we named it Genesis after Genesis from Real World Boston. And I think like in one sense, like two little boys around that age were like maybe making fun. But it's also like, no, we love Genesis. I – I would maybe say that Real World Boston is my favorite in yeah. the entire canon, maybe even above New Orleans. New Orleans is maybe number because I have rewatched Real World Boston. I mean, listen, partly because I was just so in love with Genesis and like she was changing mm-hmm. my life. Um, yeah. But I have rewatched. I had that all on like VHS that I would tape off MTV when they would marathon it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like shocked that you pulled Genesis. <laughs> no, no, Real World Boston was really important to me too because also then I went to college at Emerson in Boston and 
their house mm. was is now like an event space so the, the fire acapella, ha- the firehouse yeah so the acapella group from my college would perform there and i kind of had a crush on one of the guys in the acapella group so i would go to watch it all the time which is like nerdy but whatever um but it would be like fun because you're in the house from the real world boston that is incredible okay continuing on with real world um Mm. and he's already been mentioned a little bit but danny from real world homecoming real world uh new orleans Mm -hmm. i love danny roberts i mean Mm -hmm. yeah i mean listen he he closed the deal on genesis um so i've actually interviewed him twice he was um i interviewed him for the first time, like during the pandemic, you know, you know, dark days of the pandemic when like yes. everyone was just like doing any podcast thing. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. That was like the easiest time to book guests, by the way. <laughs> it's it's some darker days right now. But um and then and then I wound up interviewing again when when he did homecoming. I mean Ask, ask me, like, what do you what can I tell you? I mean, hey, uh, I mentioned this in the pre-show that I mean, we did kind of just do this Halloween thing together mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Which I talked to if people want to listen to the pre-show, like I love the Patreon, so like subscribe to your Patreon. Do but, you uh, think that he would ever pursue doing anything in the public eye, like really public eye again? So I asked him not too long ago if I had a feeling that he was approached to write a book, like a sure. memoir, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't really confirm or deny. So okay. I th- that is my I just flat out asked him because like we have like we're friends so he was kind of like yeah like I know that he I wouldn't be surprised Uh I don't know what shape that would really take but I don't know that he wants to go back to like a corporate job the way he had been doing a corporate job for all these years for For sure you know and like if he gets the right publishers and like the right PR people for a he could have a major book tour like a really huge nostalgic fun interesting thing like him on the view would be so fun oh my god well you know what melissa beck wants to do she wants to help co-write an oral history of the real world that would be incredible yeah it should be done hello i know well they already have the oral history of mtv so like this is just like one step over exactly um moving off real world to rosie o'donnell mm, mm-hmm. i loved your interview with her um how how was she just to like talk to and like deal with and be with exactly what you heard i mean she was literally in bed in the interview like mm-hmm. just like in a green hoodie like i have mm-hmm. a little video of it and like i have a little video on on youtube and on my instagram and she it's just like a, I barely – I don't think I really had to edit anything out. Um, and like – and I do do quite a bit of editing to make things like flow better. And, and it was very much like there was the really no content that I had to edit out. She was like a dream. She was she was just like – she and nothing – there was nothing where she was like, oh, I'm not talking about that. And I was asking mm-hmm. – like I genuinely wanted to know about Kelly Carpenter. Yeah. Like her partner when we were young. Like I'm sure you saw those tabloids. The cruises. Was, yeah, the cruises. <laughs> like I didn't ask about the cruises, but I want – like I – I didn't know – I waited until the end to ask, like, if that was really upsetting or annoying to her when those tabloids really were outing her. That's how I yeah. knew she was gay and I knew who Kelly Carpenter was. And she happily – she wasn't like, I don't want to talk about 
like that was something I was nervous about. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, Howard Stern's not asking her about Kelly Carpenter. Exactly. But that's what I care the most about. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just like everything about her is, remember the revival of the Rosie O'Donnell show early COVID? That was the, that was the best. All the technical difficulties. Yes, I do. Wait, oh yeah, it was on Zoom. It was on Zoom and it was like people were like coming in and out and every it was like the producer kept on having to like come in and like be on screen to be like, oh, we're dealing with it. But it was like so fun to me. Disaster. Um, <laughs> to another funny lesbian. I mm. you, Recently, you interviewed Fortune Feimster, who I like oh love, God. who seems like the nicest person ever. She was amazing. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You- it's so – that interview took me two years to get. Oh, really? Because she's so busy? Because she's so busy. Yeah. I, have, I have been following up. Like, there are some things that, like, happen like that. But – and a lot of this game is, like, following up. Mm-hmm. And I was really persistent. Like, I would send an email, like, every couple months for, like, two years. And then one day they're like, okay, we can do it today. Like, it that it's strange. Yeah. But she was amazing. And, and interestingly – I interviewed her. I used to be a writer for this independent lesbian website. I helped found this independent lesbian website in like 2008, 2009. What was it called? It's called autostraddle.com. It still exists. I How did I not know you founded autostraddle? I know autostraddle. Well, no, no, no. I, did, I don't want to say I founded it. Oh. I was on the founding team. I was okay. a writer. Yeah. Like, so I, that's how I cut my teeth on interviewing and learned how to like reach out to publicists. I was a fucking nobody i'm still a nobody but i was imagine me 12 years ago how much of a nobody i was and i was booked you've always been somebody (laughs) i've always been a nobody and i was booking people but fortune was this was that was before she was on chelsea lately so it's been so nice to sort of sometimes have these bookend interviews with people like margaret cho and sandra bernhardt i Mm -hmm. interviewed them for auto shadow, they don't remember me, but like sometimes they'll be like, actually, when it's relevant to the conversation, like it was with Fortune, she was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Because they were in totally different places. Like a Fortune was not famous. Exactly. When I, exactly. So I, I actually just watched her special, her new special on Netflix. It's great. Oh, I need to watch it. She was just yeah. on, um, she was just on Jeff Lewis Live, which I, embarrassingly listen to every day um Uh, no i don't miss an episode oh yeah it's my it's my i love the drama of his weird life can i tell you what he's doing so i grew up on howard stern like Mm -hmm. i'm i've always been like a radio listener and that translated into pod like listening to podcasts and he clearly was a huge howard stern fan because he's making all his staff characters which is exactly what howard did and so it's it's amazing and yeah. there's apparently some big news for radio andy coming next week which i think i was gonna ask you what you th- predict it's gonna be i think it's a bigger role for jeff lewis and i think it's like maybe jeff lewis gets his own channel or something under radio andy somehow oh wow like jeff lewis on like the kiki lounge no, just like like programming, like having certain people maybe have their own shows like once a week, like a Megan or a Doug or like Megan and Doug together or like a oh, show, Shane. A, Shane sh- could... a show called Shout Out Shane, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great t- title for a show. I know. It, it, it makes itself. 
Um, <laughs> but we, I could go on and on about Jeff Lewis Live, which we won't bore people with. Um, Matt Rogers, how was that interview? Love. Yeah. I, I, I love him. Um, Last Culturistas is my favorite. I think that is the best podcast that's out yeah. there. Um, and I prefer the episodes when it's just the two of them. Yeah. The cat, right? Literally, like, on, like, one of my main text threads that, like, Dan is on, his husband's on, a couple other friends are on, we're always, like, talking about the new release of Lost Culture and, like, is it good? Is it bad? Like, we, mm-hmm. like, Dan's always like, I need a culture catch-up. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they, those are the best episodes because they fundamentally are more interesting than any of the people they're interviewing. Agreed. So it was it was great. I mean, I love getting to talk about like Fire Island with him because like mm-hmm. I go to Fire Island like and and also he's from Long Island and like so I feel like we have all these like things in common. So it felt like I knew him and I felt he felt that I think that connection because I mean I established it very early like oh like For sure. I'm, I'm from Long Island, Fire Island. So it was like love. I would love to interview him again. He's amazing. He's great. Did you watch him on Celebrity Jeopardy? I did. And I, wa- and I watched Joel Kim Booster, spoiler alert, win, win. Celebrity Jeopardy. Yep. Wow. I will say there's something about Matt Rogers. Whenever he gets a bigger microphone, like when he's on like Watch Happens Live or Celebrity Jeopardy, it's like he knows he has a chance to do like a star turn and he like always turns it out, I would I- say. I told him in our interview that he gave the single best performance on Watch What Happens Live mm-hmm. in the show's history. That was his when it when it was him and, and Karen, Karen Hugh. Yep. Best perform and he, he I think he's going back again, he said. Good. Yeah. Oh, I well, think- Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just going to you may be interested in this. I went to the taping of his Christmas special at Joe's Pub. <gasps> fun i can't wait to watch phenomenal like these songs are legitimately catchy incredible yeah he's about i mean like he's already had he's having his moment but like he's about to have a bigger moment the did you didn't go to lost culturistas live in um lincoln center this summer did you i didn't but i was jealous that you guys did it was incredible incredible so if they ever do a live show again like that everyone run don't walk Mm. um let us transition over probably to some bravo news yes you ready i am ready okay so bethany has a new podcast called rewives and the concept haven't heard of it tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) and the concept is she is revisiting classic episodes of real housewives with her celebrity friends the first episode came out today where she did Scary Island with Elizabeth Moss. First of all, thoughts on this concept, thoughts on this pivot. I think you have a lot of them. Okay, so I actually, well, I won't give my whole Bethany journey, but I actually got into Housewives. The first thing I ever watched was Bethany Ever After. So That's she, random. She was my entry point to Housewives. Okay. I never thought I would ever watch Housewives, and then suddenly I was in an environment and Bethany Ever After was on. I was like, oh, this I can, like, vibe with. Sure. That was my entry point. So I have been a Bethany, like, ride or die, like, ever since. And I recently, like, with all the, like, insane makeup tutorials, I actually Mm -hmm. had to – I muted her. A few oh. we- a few weeks ago, which if I'm muting her, like we've she's got big problems. She's down bad, yeah. She's down bad, and 
I've dipped in and out of her podcast, which is so fucking horrendous. And this one is plagued with the same issues of mm -hmm. terrible audio. Her mm -hmm. voice. Listen, she just doesn't have a voice for radio. Yeah. She's. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't. It's just so grating. Um, the title Rewives. The, the name of the show alone is among one of the worst titles of a podcast. And there's, there's a galaxy of horrible names that I won't name right here. Um, it, it is, I don't know how they didn't go back to the well and like think of something better than Revive. Yeah. I mean, like I've said it before, like I think all podcast names are bad, but Rewives, like there's such an easy fix with like, just take out the S and it at least sounds closer to Rewinds than Rewives. Or like rewatching the wives. I don't know what it is, but it's not rewives. It's this is very like wine by wives that uh, Tamara and Vicky launched years ago. I mean, this is clearly so. This is iHeartRadio. It's clearly a direct. Uh, uh, this is a direct result of the success of Two Teas in a Pod. Yes, a podcast that I just cannot believe exists and is this successful. I listen to it. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people who listen to it. And I've seen the behind the scenes. I saw in the press room at BravoCon, Teddy over in the corner. Oh, my God. <laughs> I loved your BravoCon conference, by the way. Um, what I don't – and I listened to the first episode today. I, like, scrubbed through it and I listened to a bunch of it. I am very surprised that with iHeartRadio behind it, and they're clearly doing this huge media push and marketing push, why would they not – send the guests like the Elizabeth Moss or the Jerry Springer, like Kevin Nealon. These are the upcoming quote unquote mm -hmm. guests. Why would they not send them a little USB mic? So at least we could hear the guest clearly. I, I really don't get it. I don't understand. Also the first episode was basically Bethany monologuing and Elizabeth, like saying a couple words here and there, Elizabeth Moss, like, uh, it, what here here's the thing with okay the fundamental problem that i think i have with the show or the concept of the show is why do we care about the opinions of people who are not who do not have the context for for the, the situation that they're watching like the episode if they're not the idea is that she's showing housewives to people for the first time yeah i think that's basically so why do we care if they can't comment on like dorinda's alcoholism or like sonia's whatever that they're not even gonna get it yeah i will give it to elizabeth who was a fan of housewives at some point so like she yeah. has some of the context which is good but like i like I, jerry springer is he gonna be able to like what and kevin nealon is what the guy from weeds Yes. Well, he was also on Saturday Night Live. For oh, yeah. I know that, too. Sorry. Oh, you, and you're a big SNL fan. Oh, no. Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, no, well, well, I'm not like the – I mean, I'm not married to Kevin Nealon. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't care. But that's such a strange – like, who gives a shit what Jerry Springer has to say about the house? That's so weird. Yeah. Me. The other big part of it for me is Bethany, since she's left Housewives, has, like, wanted to only shit on it. Mm -hmm. And now she's running back. The hypocrisy, and this is going to creep into my freak of the week. Like I, I may have this is this is part of my I don't think so, honey. My freak of the week, so I don't want to use all my gas here. But the hypocrisy is maybe the top of the top of any hypocritical housewife. Yeah. In this case, um, 
I mean, the new, do you want to share the new, like the headline from the interview or the headline of what she shared was basically that Sonia, uh, Sonia supposedly was going to be fired during mm-hmm. one of the later seasons because she wasn't really bringing anything besides like the townhouse insanity. And the, what she was basically saying was that she saved Sonia's job because she was the one who pitted Sonia against Tinsley. Tinsley. So in the story, she's basically making herself the hero. I saved Sonia's job. She also did with Alex. Yes. And it reminded me, so I went during BravoCon weekend. I didn't go to BravoCon, Mm -hmm. but I did go to Heather McDonald's live show. Okay. And in that show, she actually went on a pretty hilarious rant against Bethany. And Jill Zarin, by the way, was in the audience. So that was just adding another layer to it. And in the live show, she threw up a definition of an art- altruistic narcissist, which basically points to how even like the Be Strong initiative, like, yes, it's a humanitarian effort, but it is inherently self-serving. Like, mm-hmm. if you look up the definition of an altruistic narcissist, it's like, I am sort of like the greater, it's putting yourself on like a godlike level. Like, I saved Sonia's job. Mm-hmm. I saved Alex's job. Mm-hmm. I'm saving Puerto Rico. It's not about like the human. It's less about like the good you're doing and more about me. Yeah. It's like all in the key of me. Mm-hmm. So. God, I miss the girl who is standing in a grocery store hawking muffins. You know, and it's so sick that I'm saying like for me to be saying this, like I'm the big Bethany fan. So like who, <laughs> what's left? It's like. It kind of reminds me of like Chloe Kardashian. Like Chloe was our girl, Bethany was our girl, and now they're they're like completely different people. But I guess people change, and people should be allowed to change. But that's such a good um, analogy. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Um, do you want to move on to some more like fun, just like a little news? So yeah. Ashley and Luke, we're in D.C. together hanging out with Lindsay and Carl and they did a TikTok and that is fun. I cannot believe how invested I am in the, or I can't believe how much I was like refreshing Instagram and like mm-hmm. refreshing because Luke is like to me a super creeper. Like I am not into Luke. Yeah. And like Ashley Darby, I mean this girl's judgment like she like has never met a red flag she didn't love the thing is the good thing is that at least luke is hot (laughs) (laughs) um they did a whole thing like on radio andy i think this week where people were calling in giving their opinions about ashley and luke and 
a lot of people are making the point that they think that Luke is a creeper mm-hmm. and there's like evidence towards that if you watch Summer House and Winter House obviously and it's true but it's like I think they're both just like using this moment for each other's like they know it makes both of them more popular but I do believe that they are like sexually interested in each other yeah of course they're both hot so it's like get into it or whatever yeah like it totally makes it like i'm totally into it but i i'm whole i just i'm so embarrassed that i'm into it i know and it's also like (laughs) you wouldn't bring someone like this around your friends necessarily this early but it's like you're all on bravo's paycheck so you might as well what i thought was hilarious was at the end of they 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 were all in dc and they went to all these like get you know sports games and luke posted like i think it's so hilarious how they have to like they can't what they can't spring for like a hotel like they everything just has to be like an influencer like freebie situation so like luke posted about the hotel and i was waiting to see like when carl and Lindsay would post it and like three days later we just want to thank of course it was the same hotel do you know what hotel it was Mm, as somebody who recently stayed at a bad hotel in dc i'm in name 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 i mean i we stayed at the moxie and it was no smallest room i've ever been in it was not the moxie it was i hadn't heard of the hotel but if he, if you said they they posted it and I was sure. just I just thought like can't you just like spring for a hotel like it's yeah. so funny to me it's yeah it's wild it's wild um so why don't we speaking of Luke and Lindsay and Carl why don't we just mm-hmm. like I just want to hear your thoughts on this season of Winter House and like how you feel about all the houses in general okay i'm a huge well i'm a huge summer house fan yes the best. like well i think it's like maybe the best show on bravo well you're but, a long island person so it's like representation for for where you're from kind of <laughs> but also but also it's great yeah it is really amazing it's really great um particularly that covid season was like peak television when they it were was all- like real world meets um summer house mm-hmm. i um, cried during that season actually and luke was the villain because remember when Remember when it was like Carl and Kyle defending the women and going to fight him? Yep, the physical it's, fight. It was like who ran out first? Was it Kyle who ran out first and Carl went after him to like back him up? I was like, that's friendship. <laughs> <laughs> like Ew, that's so funny. Um, okay. Winter House this season is better than last season. Agreed. It's not a it's not a great show like it's not a good show but it's more watchable to me than say real housewives of salt lake city okay do you want to explain that because i can get through an episode of it yeah (laughs) that's a good explanation i can get through an episode of it and i thought this week's episode was the best of the the bunch with like they need to have the toms in there more like they need to combine everything together the toms were a breath of fresh air oh my god i was like i can't believe i like these two men this much it's like because they're reaching the lowest bar which is like they are cleaning up after themselves where we have Craig who refuses to clean the house. Don't you think I see, I think it's interesting how Paige clearly hates Craig. I and know. Like, but I, and it's like crying like to a man, like when are they going to break up? Do you think we're just seeing the beginning of them? Like the beginning of her hating him because they're spending the most time they've ever really consecutively spent together. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Like, I definitely don't think they're going to be in it for the long haul. I don't yeah. think they're going to be a Kyle and Amanda. Um, but, oh, God. Yeah. So, like, I guess, like, that's interesting to me. It's also mm-hmm. interesting, like, wow, like, she chose him over Andrea. And, like, you I could like, sort of dissect that. It says a lot about Paige. Um, we, but actually today on, and I don't know if this is true. We, it depends if we take Bravo and cocktails as like a source of truth. Mm-hmm. According to Bravo and cocktails today, they posted that Summer House, Real Housewife, New Jersey, and Vanderpump Rules are all premiering the same week. They're going to be airing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, beginning February 6th. Perfect. If, if that's true, perfect. I love that. I love that. I love the idea of a summer house and Vanderpump Rules like airing concurrently. Yeah. And it's like a good mix with Jersey and also like the timing for recording this podcast is good. I know. <laughs> I also had that thought as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want, and I have a prediction. I think next season of Winter House, we're going to have some of the family karma group mixed in, especially after BravoCon. Um, because Every time it feels like every time somebody goes on Watch Robins Live and talks about BravoCon, people are talking about how they bonded most with like people from Family Karma. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, they're all around the same age group, and it's like it would be fun to have Emery and his husband join. We haven't had like queer people on Summer House in a while. How do they not have any gay people in that house? Well, I mean, it's like. Because all the gay people are on Fire Island or in P-Town. I guess. I actually know of a a gay influencer that, like, I'm sure you follow. He was asked if he would be interested. He didn't even, like, make it. He was sort of like, no, I'm not interested. But they were trying to, like, get – and I think they just, like, turned it down. I mean, we had Steven the first couple seasons, but that ended really badly and made Steven look horrible because he – had horrible behavior <laughs> but going back to the times i thought i part of the reason that i thought this episode was so compelling was like seeing tom schwartz like i i could really relate to him like like going sometimes you can't even admit it like to yourself or to your friends that like mm-hmm. you're going through this like very very sensitive breakup like at least we're getting a human moment like a real moment out of the show i thought it was interesting that his first like reveal was in a confessional on this show. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that means we're probably going to get flashbacks to this show on Vanderpump rules, which is like Bravo's really becoming like the Marvel cinematic universe with all the crossovers. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it. And I all, the, the final thought on winter house is it's so hilarious to me how they keep flopping with the casting. Like it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how are we not? And I know that like Lindsay and Carla are going to come for an episode, but like you bring Jason back in the house and we're mm-hmm. not talking about that. This is the guy that supposedly got Lindsay pregnant. And she I had mean, mis- hopefully we'll get to that. I think that, I think they showed it in the preview, but I think it's really strange that he's just like, happy-go-lucky and like we're not addressing this sort of like very important real thing yet it's just weird that they've been there already a few weeks that's just weird to me but it's also like the culture of like all these people in this house like you have to hook up with someone like you have to fuck someone in who lives in the same house as you which like i feel like that doesn't happen 
IRL necessarily. It's interesting to me that suddenly Luke has a storyline and then they ax him. I know. Isn't that weird? He, how did he skate by an entire season of Summer House? Literally was not on the show and then they put him in Winter House. It, it's l- weird. Luke is wild, but hopefully <laughs> not this upcoming season of Summer House, but the one after that. We have Ashley Darby entering the house. I would kill for it. I still always think about how Andy came to the summer house last year and they didn't put it in the actual show, but they released a clip like on BravoTV.com. That was really fun. I love that. Um, Do you want to move over um, to Potomac? Yeah. Okay. This was a great episode, I think. I love Potomac. Potomac is, well, not much Housewives is on right now, but Potomac is like... I think by far the peak of like where we've been like in the Beverly Hills, like Salt Lake in the, in the the viewing options as of late, like Potomac is by far the most watchable to me. Exactly. The fact that we had a give us hope moment at the very beginning of the episode with Ashley and Candace, like becoming friends and having like this great sit down moment where they talk about so many things. Ashley saying that, She's struggling with dating people because no one can compare to Michael. I know. Is she talking about? It's worms on the brain. Like her going out with this like hockey player and then like being like, he can't talk about aliens with me or something. Cause like Michael Darby, like is able to like talk about like interesting things like aliens. Like what are we, what? Wow. Not to like boomerang it back to Luke, but wow, she has a type, another hockey player. I know. I know that (laughs) thought went through my brain as well. Um, Candy, like, had to cancel her IVF because... Candy? (laughs) We're we're on a, we're on a nickname basis. Candy Oh, after, you went to the show, right? Oh, yeah, of course I went. Yeah, Yeah, so Candy Gal and I know each other. She can call me B or whatever, which is the weirdest thing. For some reason, I don't know if it's because it's only a B name thing, but people are very comfortable just, like, referring to me as B. Oh, who like barely know me. Okay. Anyways, so she had to cancel her, her IVF because she's on the show, basically. Because it was too stressful. That's really sad. I, I mean, I, I figure by now she's frozen her eggs and like she's all squared away or frozen the embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't believe how much I like Candace this season. Well, true fans, no. Mm, okay, got it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think – you're living in the reality of that like so many people are living right now people are loving candace okay like it's a new thing people are like i always hated her but now i like love her and i don't know what it is i think it was like maybe the monique of it all like people really loved monique too and so her enemy was everyone else's enemy yeah but Um, and and she's also showing so much vulnerability yeah um and oh all the stuff with Chris I mean the producers like clearly are on their side like I don't know why they concocted this Chris thing that is so clearly untrue well sometimes your favorites do dumb things I'm talking to you Giselle Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but no it's like it's I think people are liking Candy sorry keep on calling her Candy but I think people are liking her because also like she's calling the shit out as it happens and they're leaving all of that in wherein 
past years, they would probably take out all her fourth wall breaking. In the previous episode, when she said, don't, t- something like, you're keeping my fall, my, my, oh my God, my words. When she was saying, when she spoke to the producer, you're Eric, keeping yeah. my, you're keeping, <laughs> Eric, you're keeping my fourth wall in like shivers. Like I, I was like, ooh, now we've, we're, we're getting somewhere with this show. But the interesting thing is like, this is happening to you, Candace, but then you are now going to be complicit in going against Karen and accusing her of walking out, which is also part of this conversation. I thought one of the funniest moments to me was when she's talking about doing like the remix or whatever of the the album and how her sister didn't know who Trina was. I know. <laughs> and she thought she was a singer. I know. I loved that too. That was hilarious. Um. So after this scene, we go over to like Mia's house and like she's having a little meal outside. They're just basically talking. It's like they're talking about her wellness, but then they're also building up this upcoming trip to Miami. Um, But one thing that she said in a confessional, I think she was like, we don't eat without a centerpiece. Like, do you always have to have a centerpiece on your table to have a meal? No. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Only at weddings. (laughs) Um, We go over with Giselle and we're in the nail salon with the daughters, which is like, that's when Giselle's at her best. I could watch a spinoff of her and the kids. I know. I love the daughters. And honestly, like looped them all in. Oh, yes, when yes, yes. Jamal was doing his little impression, or sorry, when Giselle was doing her little impression of Jamal, that was comedy. I thought it was funny what she was saying, <laughs> like, like talking about herself in the third person. We don't know if they're going to be talking about the Darbies. We don't yeah. know if they're going to be a Giselle and Jamal, like the two most dysfunctional. <laughs> I know it's so wild, and it's also funny. I wonder if like this was a. This could have been a throwaway scene, right? The Jamal of it all. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, he recently went viral because of a speech he gave about the Georgia election where he was talking about Herschel Walker. And it was like this, like, it went pretty viral, I think, like two weeks ago or a week ago. And I wonder if, like, they rushed to put in more Jamal because of that viral moment. Wow. I don't know. That's just, like, my mm-hmm. fan theory thinking that they're watching what moments go viral and decide to edit things in. But I don't that's, know. that's some fan fiction, I think, on your part. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Drag me. Um, <laughs> okay, so Robin's at the law office. Did you think, as an SNL connoisseur, did you think the lawyer looked like Heidi Gardner from SNL? <laughs> I see what you're saying. That's hilarious. And also, unpopular opinion, I, am I the only person on earth who likes Robin? Oh, no, I love Robin. Oh, it seems like the internet like isn't a fan. They say she's boring, but like I she, like I lo- I would be friends with like I like her vibe. She woke up this year. I feel like actually I think that might be a you just listened to Last Culturistas, didn't you? I did. Because they were shit talking Robin. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I like Robin a lot. Yeah, no, I love Robin. She's the best. I love that you're like you were just listening to this exact. <laughs> I mean, I I was, but also I have thought this separately. <laughs> I feel like we have like this weirdly similar media intake that like I'm like I know exactly what you're thinking about. <laughs> you heard Shane Douglas say this, didn't you? <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> Jeff um, Jameson said it. Um, oh so God. we go we we go to the tulip farm or something. I think I blacked that part out. Okay, we're in a tulip bar. It's like you can pick tulips and you can pick them with the bulbs in to like replant them weirdly. Mm -hmm. It's really cold out. And we're with Karen, Ashley, and Dr. Wendy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like a, it was a scene setting up Wendy being mad 
and setting up like the burn mm-hmm. notice event or whatever it's called. Yeah, the the uh the burn session. The burn session, which is like if you're naming something that, it's like you're asking for trouble. I okay. also feel like I've seen that before. I feel like I've seen it actually on Potomac before. Maybe I haven't, but it just feels so familiar. I'll tell you what it is. Jill Zarin and Alex McCord, season four of New Jer- of New York, over at um Alex's place in Brooklyn. They wrote <laughs> things down about each other and they burned them in her backyard in her fire pit. It's like it it's like a not popular scene, so people might have forgotten, but it's exactly that. The recall that you just <laughs> demonstrated is why you have a podcast. Uh, uh I it, uh, it, it, <laughs> It's, it's an illness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was really impressive. <laughs> it's really disgusting. So yeah, the scene after that is the Candace scene with her sister talking about Trina. But then mm-hmm. we get to the burn session. Mm-hmm. Which like also in some ways is maybe this is what you were thinking about. It's kind of reasonably shady 2.0. Like in a lot of ways. Yes. Because it's like we're just getting together to talk shit about each other. And it's also, they were also in like the, they, they, they're in that same, were they in a winery? So it, it was very reminiscent also of like the Monique Candace fight or yeah. like the, the room felt familiar. Just everything about it felt familiar. Um, Wendy, I, I like Wendy fine. I don't understand why she's on this show. Uh, I like her, but. I agree with you. It feels like she's living in another reality, especially this season. And also, I cannot stand Mia. Oh, I like Mia. I think... Tell me why. Give me two reasons why. The delusion. Okay. And the beauty. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, no, no. But the delusion is, like, the kind of exact reason I like a house. Like, there's certain housewives. We need delusion in the room, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it, I mean, like, Karen has the delusion in a lot of ways, but she, Karen does it better. Obviously, Karen's, like, a top-tier housewife. Karen, Karen was barely in this episode. I know, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but when she was in it, she was funny. Um, it's, like, it's almost, when we get to Salt Lake City also, it's, like, kind of why I like Angie Harrington so far. Because it's, like, there's delusion. Like, I don't really know what's going on. But, I mean, Mia's not my favorite housewife. Of these women, she's probably lit last but i can't I, believe they gave her another season i know she wasn't supposed to which is interesting but she wasn't supposed to be back that's what i heard i heard they i heard she was not invited back but then she was oh my god okay i know okay so we're going to this event we have wendy and ashley together in one car and then we have all the other women in a sprinter van yes i liked the scene of them in the car i liked the way ashley was sort of observing Wendy and just like listening to her speak like if mm-hmm. there was something I was compelled in watching Ashley in that moment maybe it's because she just looked like extra beautiful in that moment She's there was lo- there's something she, can I tell you something what? Ashley Darby is the most beautiful housewife that ever did it okay I mean not going against you at all i think this season she's extra beautiful too it's there's something that's happening i think it's like it might be hair and makeup or something that's like bringing it to like level 10 point 100 it's the hair 
but also I think the word, well, first of all, she's not pregnant for once. So that's, we're already mm-hmm. 15 steps ahead. And the, I love the way she dresses. She dresses so nicely, like whatever it is. Like, I, I think she definitely has a stylist. They probably all do, but like her stylist is like really working to her body in a way that like the others get like derailed. Yeah. No, but I I had the same thought of you, but when she was sitting down at the actual winery, I was like, she's being messy right now, but like, she is beautiful. Damn. Love it. Um, Giselle trips as they get out of the Sprinter van, which I laughed at comedy queen. (laughs) And then she walked right by (laughs) Wendy again, didn't acknowledge her, even though she was attending Wendy's events. (laughs) Um, the the burn session is really corny. Listen, I loved when both Giselle and Robin were like, we fucking hate you. We can't stand <laughs> you. And, and, and like, good luck and God bless. Yeah. And like Robin calling for Cherise for backup for her like story is hilarious. And I don't believe Robin was trying to like physically go at um, Wendy at all, but also, her calling for Sharice when the tape actually shows Sharice like actually trying to back her up is funny. <laughs> um, the evil spirit of the winery belongs to Giselle and Robin, Karen Huger. I love it. That is a quote. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like Robin going back to the sprinter van and just like taking off her shoes and putting on her Uggs and just sitting there oh, yeah. while everyone else continues on. I just love that they're, they are both – Robin and Giselle are perfect for the show and perfect for Housewives because they're both – they are so natural on yeah. camera. I think that's also why I really like Robin is she, she's so easy to watch and natural on camera. And like I'm not saying that like, oh, she's a better housewife than, than Karen. I'm not – it's not about their housewife performance. It's about mm-hmm. their actual like – camera presence yeah and i think it's because i think robin is so good because she's willing to show us the mess of her life like she will go to the lawyer's office and be like yeah juan cheated yada yada giselle shows certain messes in her life but won't show it all which she gets caught that's why she gets caught at reunions and Mm -hmm. has to just sit there silently like she wouldn't show stuff with jamal and all that type of thing but she will show messes in her life like she shows us her home which (laughs) (laughs) oh my god which i have defended in the past but is a is a mess of sorts (laughs) i i once went to an event um it was like uh the Oh my God. Okay. Remember when Ramona kicked Giselle out of the picture? Yeah. You were so there. I, well, I took that video. <gasps> yeah. So, yes. This, this <laughs> so, famous Squash the Beef from BravoCon 2019. I could not believe that they made a BravoCon game out of that. <laughs> um, yeah, literally. I had the video and I'm like, I think this is something. And then I like sent it to somebody and they're like, oh, like this is something. They, they, they talked about it on the talk. Yeah. But anyway, why did I bring that? Oh, that was a quick way for me to reference. Like, so I was at this event that Giselle was at prior to Ramona kicking her out of the video. She was at this event with her, with one of the daughters to sell her book. Uh, and, yeah. and I chatted with her for quite a, this was like before Potomac was like Huge. top of the heap. And like, I barely knew who Giselle was. I was just like chatting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously like Ramona didn't even know who she was, but um, I just wanted to, to say like she was so 
normal and mm-hmm. like down to earth. She was talking about how she like took the train down because it was in the Hamptons. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I forgot. Yes, that was an easy cont. That's why I was just giving the cont. That wasn't a flex. Right. Also, by the way, that book <laughs> has won awards or an award that we saw on <laughs> one season of Potomac. Oh um, basically, this whole thing is just zooming towards the Candace Chris thing bring being brought up again Mm -hmm. and then like ashley is in it and bringing up mia and like i love whenever they play the clip of mia dancing at that party and chris is not looking at her at all (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they love Um, they they love playing that and (laughs) i mean the 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 editors and the producers on this show are definitely the they rival the old roni producers yeah agreed when when they had something to work with yeah yeah, and then it just, like, the episode ends as a to-be-continued with um, Ashley claiming that Chris has been in other people's DMs. I don't know where they're going with this. And I'm like, Ashley, like, the name of the game on Housewives is, to, like, pivot, and the perfect pivot was to be friends with Candace. So let's mm-hmm. do that, please. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Let's move over to Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear, you've alluded to it, but I want to hear your overall, you, you're you not liking the show. This was the first episode, this is the only episode that I watched to completion this season. And I only watched it because I knew I was going to discuss it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I find Salt Lake, and I know I'm in the minority, but... I'm just like I'm just speaking. I'm just being honest. I, yeah, like I find it to be totally unwatchable. I mean, I think Winter House is more watchable than it, which is really saying something. Right, right, right. I think that they're all. It's so performative and fake to me, and Mm -hmm. I don't believe any of the emotions. Like I can't tell what is real and what is not, if any. Mm -hmm. Like I really can't tell what is going on And I will say this episode definitely was Entertaining like I was not expecting like American Idol auditions I was Mm -hmm. like what the Hell is going on so I I I get that that's entertaining Mm -hmm. But it's also Actually I did I watched last week's Episode where um, Whitney talked About the and the husband getting fired But I don't know These women just don't do it for me I just Don't care about them as People I I have to agree with you to an extent, for sure. Um, I actually started watching this episode last night, and I got kind of bored after the events of the American Idol audition, and I turned it off, and I rewatched the entire episode today because I was like, I have to talk about it. That being said, there are entertaining parts. There's, like, interesting things going on as far as, like, the show goes that, like, I think... Are interesting. I agree that a lot of the women feel like they're acting. Whenever Whitney and Lisa are in scenes together, specifically, it feels like they're doing local theater. Like when they're sitting in that park, um, yes, with their sons, and their sons are like going around or whatever. It's like, what? What are we even talking about? And it also feels like so. It feels like they're acting when they're in like, two, they're in like what are they call those in two for? Oh my God, I don't remember the. When it's just like woman on woman, like those those two hander scenes, yeah. And when they are in their individual scenes with like the husbands, it feels like they're doing bits, like Meredith and Seth in the tub, yeah. which granted was wild mm-hmm. and like 
interesting in its own weird way, but it was a bit like, yeah, this and it's like, real. and that was Meredith taking like a meme that she became like famous for last year and like one upping it. Also, when she said Brooks is coming home soon, I really thought she said Brooks is coming out soon. Oh, I had to like rewind it. I was like, wait, what? I think she <laughs> said Brooks is coming out here or something. Some something to that effect, but I was like, whoa. I think the coming out was there, but yeah. He talked about that on two episodes ago. He like talked yeah. about dating men. Yeah. Um Jen Shaw going, What the hell is Angie Harrington doing here? First of all, Angie Harrington to me is <laughs> I'm like, what are we? I'm excited by her, but I'm like, what are we doing here? Um, it also felt like in the first scene, like the American Idol thing, she, didn't she feel like drunk the entire time? Like she showed up wasted? The, they, they all seemed out of it. Yeah. I like Jen referring to uh, Harrington's husband as a fat elf on the shelf. Oh that my was God. Funny. <laughs> that was and funny. then like Whitney referred to him, I think, as a grown ass man. And they did a little like, they did a little... Uh, lower third that said Chris Harrington grown ass man which was great the new girls like all the friends of at one point during the audition thing were all standing and talking to each other without any of the other women there and it was so confusing because we don't know any of them well enough to be like why are why are we like why does this matter and half of them are named Angie how are we supposed to keep this straight I literally had to write down Angie K wearing pink. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then Dana wearing jeans. I think that was Dana. Yeah, I just don't care. It's so performative and it's so like the they're so desperate to be housewives. Yeah. And this this is what I worry about like with casting the new New York. I mean, I don't think Jenna Lyons is not gonna do this. Like Jenna Lyons is a real person, a professional person in the world, but that's what worries me about like recasting a brand new friend like Dubai. I didn't yeah. listen, I didn't watch any of it, but I can tell right off the bat that like they just want to be housewives and like that turns me off. Yeah, wait. So. You mentioned Jenna Lyons, and I feel like we need to go on a little tangent right now because I meant to put this at the beginning of the show that I got because... her cast. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, because I listened to your podcast recently, and you were talking. It, I think it was the Fortune Feimster episode where you I, were talking about this. I. Ne- it's so funny. I never just like talk alone into the mic. Like I don't mm-hmm. do that. So it felt weird, but it felt necessary. Yeah. So will you just explain? Because oh god. Okay. So when. Last night Mm -hmm. at BravoCon, when Jenna Lyons got announced as a cast member, I think I was shook. A lot of people were shook. A lot of people were, like, questioning, like, why would this ever happen? Why would she do this? Like, she's successful in the fashion industry. Like, why would she do something like Housewives? But then you release this episode where you have an explanation and you have receipts from a while ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna like really try to boil this down. If people, I explain it in like a tight three minutes at the start. If you go to my Fortune Feimster episode, I explain it and I play the audio clip in there. Yeah. Okay. L- let let me break this down. So basically, one of my best friends hosts a podcast called Diking Out. Mm-hmm. They did a live podcast taping with Jenna Lyons last december so like a year ago okay and around that time so in the green room somehow roni came up 
And Jenna said to her assistant, oh my God, like I would totally be on Roni. I want to do a gay Roni. And she turns to my friend and says, how do we make that happen? And my friend says, oh, well, like we kind of know Andy Cohen's assistant, Darren Karp. And Jenna says, oh, I'm friends with Andy Cohen. I go to his Christmas party every year. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, then maybe just go call your friend Andy. She's like, okay, yeah, I have to do that. And I was at that live taping. This was like a live event. They they record the episode and live. So right prior to that, I had interviewed Luann. Mm -hmm. And this was like, it's a weird synchronicity type thing. In that interview with Luann, which, well, I'll speak to this later, but she's impossible to interview. Yeah, she has talking points. But in that interview, I said to her what they really need to do is get a lesbian or a trans housewife on. Oh, I remember that. Like I was saying to her, like I wanted to get like some feet. You got to throw her curveballs in order to like get anywhere. And she responded to that and like uh, some like dumb news outlet like picked that up. So like that was floating out there and they brought this up. They said Luann is on board with a lesbian housewife. And she Mm -hmm. said at the event, like, I would totally do Roni. I want to do gay Roni. So I think the synchronicity of all this stuff, we with the, okay. So that happened, and then cut to the Roni split is announced, and I reacted to that with those two friends, right? Who, who had, and somehow during that, I remembered this whole Jenna Lyons thing, uh-huh. and somehow we were like, oh my god, they should totally just cast Jenna Lyons. Like she wants to do it. And we succinctly, like, I had my friend tell the story of what Jenna said in the green room. Mm-hmm. And I clipped that part out and I put it on YouTube. It was kind of just like putting it out into the universe. Sure. Like, let's just, like, throw it out there. Because sometimes fun st- stuff is fun like that. To see if it gets any pickup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, this is some, this is a, a celebrity who actually wants to be on Housewives. And all these months later, no one is more surprised <laughs> than my friend. So you should have seen the... The group text. Yeah. When that news. I mean, we were on the floor. I bet. I was, yeah. I and I I love, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I just want to say the button to that story. And I'm sorry if I just bored your listeners with that. But the button to that story is my friend who has had more, you know, I don't have any contact with Jenna Lyons. But my friend has been in sporadic touch with her. Mm-hmm. She DM'd her because they've DM'd and replied to like whatever the big like uncast announcement news and said, my friend wrote, oh, my God, dream come true. Jenna DMs mm. back. It's because of you. Oh, my God. Credit where credit's due. Credit where credit's due. That's incredible. So we're gunning for, you know, seats at Watch What Happens Live when she's. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's going to be so exciting. Um, I mean, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. I still can't get over it. I was I already told the story, but I was like at dinner with friends. I took a break from BravoCon and like to go back to the late Watch Robins live taping. Which so I the early Watch Robins live taping where they were announced ha- was happening, and I was like, all I could think about or talk about the rest of the dinner was Jenna Lyons, and I like even asked them, should I ask the waitress if she cares? Which I didn't. Um, but it's just like it's it's wild to me. It's wild to me. I mean, I'm hoping that they really dig into like, like even like her 
discovering her gay story is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like she was married for like a long time, like didn't figure out she was gay until like yesterday. It's just like very yeah. interesting. And now she's like, I am a lesbian. It's not like, yeah. oh, I dabble dating women. She's like, no, like I have never had fulfilling relationships with men. And yeah. like sex is like talking like explicitly about like lesbian sex with my or <laughs> lesbian sex, whatever sex with my friends on this recording. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just Great. So I'm hoping that housewives will like go there. You're casting a lesbian. You better fucking go there. They, I they better. I mean, like that would be that'll be so fun to watch. I can't wait. I'm so excited to see how it pans out. But to your point, I'm also nervous about some of the like influencer type people. I'm also nervous that Bravo's going to make us hate Jenna Lyons in two years. I know, but it happens. It happens. Back to Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we don't we don't have to linger too much. Um, but Lisa and John went to dinner, and mm-hmm. Lisa ordered the like Vita tequila cocktail, and it's like so put on as if like they don't know that you're the owner of the brand. It's, ugh, it's so stupid. It's like Kathy Hilton having her tequila in the chemo sab whatever that i know yeah i will say you they also like barely sipped their cocktail so i was like watching the cocktail on the table while they were talking because i was not interested in what they were talking about and they barely sipped them and then at one point when the food came two more cocktails came and they had full like they each had full two cocktails it was wild um one thing she said that was funny in her confessional was just like i'm very important to god (laughs) <laughs> which like okay <laughs> i remember that line um wow and then we get jen and coach shaw and like the only funny thing that came out of this was regina seacrest because jen shaw thinks she has found her calling being like a ryan seacrest type on the america on the fake american idol in front of five people and then we got we already talked about Lisa and Henry and Whitney and Brooks little date which was fun. And then we end with the Whitney and Heather thing and it's like Whitney is this fake? I can't tell what's real. It's so annoying. I don't I just think like Whitney is like living in this space where she's mad at Heather but like for a storyline. It feels like she's being mad at Heather just to create drama. So that what? That's then going to carry over to Ultimate Girls Trip. I guess so. And I think like Whitney, like is Lisa's finally being nice to her. So she wants to be a soldier for Lisa. Oh, I could not care less about these people. I know. It's like I could could talk about Jenna Lyons for hours. I could talk about Bethany for hours. Like I could talk about like all this other. It's like I can't even deal. The thing about (laughs) the thing about these people, though, it's like I genuinely like watching Lisa Barlow, Whitney and heather gay but it's like this particular episode it did feel like they were doing housewives theater like they were acting yeah yeah radio andy theater radio andy theater wow um (laughs) why don't we move over to the one true queen in the freak of the week and i don't know who jess is gonna name either i gave it to the guest so i'm just gonna let her go why don't you go with the one true queen first Oh, the one true queen. Can I do the freak of the week first? Yeah, I forget what order we usually do it. I'm I, sure think we... do, I think you do the freak of the week first. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. As an honorary producer of this podcast, let's do the freak of the week. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Listen, we talked about it at length uh, up top, but truly there is no bigger freak of the week. Who has been a bigger freak this week than our very own Bethany Frankel? Yeah. Okay. And 
just the the period on the end of all of the sentence about Bethany is rewatch podcasts like 90210, like how mm-hmm. you have like Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling or the Office podcasts. Rewatch podcasts, not to be confused with recap podcasts. Mm-hmm. Rewatch podcasts are popular because they have been off the air for over 20 years and mm-hmm. it's nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Housewives is still fully on the air. Mm-hmm. And half the housewives already are doing podcasts. Right. Like like we said, Teddy and Tamara are doing podcasts. Like Reasonably Shady is a podcast. Like I don't really get what we're doing that's new here. And I definitely think that in under, ten, in under six months, she will exhaust the sort of pseudo celebrities and it's going to be like Jill Zarin is going to be on there with her. Right. Which frankly, that I'd be interested in tuning in to. Me too. Oh, I do want to say, now I'm convinced Bethany will do Legacy. Uh, yeah, I could see that. She wants it. I also think on your point of this rewatch thing, she's not doing it in any order and she's doing it in different franchises. It's like, do we need Bethany talking about Real Housewives of Atlanta? Because if you, you can Google some tweets of hers from back in the day about Atlanta and it's not great. She used to call it trash, right? And she used to use some really sus language really yeah Ooh. so so we, so we may be looking at a bethany cancellation soon well yeah hasn't she already been canceled in a long time? i don't know <laughs> okay um what yeah. about the one true queen okay the one true queen is none other than our very own countess luann for okay. shutting her down so swiftly and so eloquently saying it quote it's pretty sad and pathetic that she has to resort to housewives because all of her failed pivots i love a failed pivot that is perfect wow and 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 i messaged danny this or i tweet i tweeted the the, the response because so many everyone was freaking out and i said you know you know sort of commenting how i I said i interviewed luann like about a year ago she's so difficult to interview because Mm -hmm. she is so she can turn any subject into self-promotion yeah she has this and good for her she's like hawking her shit but it's very difficult and challenging as an interviewer to like engage in a real conversation and danny like struck the and maybe he's even the one true queen too mm-hmm. is Danny pellegrino himself always the one true queen yeah because he had i mean he had the insider tea that this podcast was happening and somehow he was interviewing Luann to promote her Christmas stuff or whatever. Love that she's doing a retreat in Tulum, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. can we go as press for these? Yeah. Podcasts? Like, I would love it. Um, and he caught her off guard. Like, that's what you have to do with Luann. And I mm-hmm. felt like he, like, he, like, threw the ball and she, like, knocked it out of the park. Amazing. Good job, Lou. She's the one true queen. She's the one true queen. Okay, Jess, where can we find you online? Just lay it all out. Sure. Uh, my Instagram is JessXNYC, and my podcast is Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Um, I have videos, uh, uh, you know, highlights from interviews on the Instagram, also on YouTube. If you just plug all that in, it all shows up. Amazing. And Jess is on the pre-show on our Patreon. Go, we're going long, and we're talking about um, – her Halloween with real world star Danny Roberts, which is super exciting. Um, you can find all of 
that and me and Dan's socials at comethroughqueen.com. Um, thank you so much, Jess. This really appreciate been, it. This has been so fun. Thank okay. you. I love thank- it. Bye. Bye. I want to see you come through, queen. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.